Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast. I am here, as always, to change your life. We have interesting conversations. Today, we are talking about infidelity. When it comes to infidelity, pilots are considered to be up there. Books like The Pilot's Wife don't help the stereotype any. But first, let's look at divorce statistics. Which careers have the highest rates of divorce? Of all people, gaming managers, pet bosses, I guess, and gaming service workers have a high number of divorces, 52.9 or so percent. And Nevada, of course, has the highest divorce rate for them because, well, Nevada has the most gaming managers, right, with all the casinos. Bartenders, well, that makes sense. Flight attendants, that makes sense. But metal and plastics, machine setters and operators... That one threw me off a little. Massage therapist, I can see that one. And then, let's talk about careers with some of the lowest divorce rates. Actuaries, clergy, software developers, physical therapists, engineers. Hmm, Maybe I guess I can see that. But now let's talk about some of the more well-known careers, some of the more glamorous careers. Sports people. Very high divorce rate. 60 to 80% of professional athletes are getting divorced. Pilots, 30.5%. I thought it would be higher. Piloting an airplane is a stressful job. You're carrying several hundred people at a time. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of travel, staying away from home, ridiculous hours, sleeping when others are awake, being awake when others are sleeping, working holidays, working weekends, it's not an easy life. And pilots have a higher than usual rate of depression. And that seems completely logical. Something I found interesting is that physicians actually have a lower rate of divorce, 21.8%. And among physicians, female physicians have a higher rate of divorce. And that makes me wonder if it's more related to women being married to men who might not be as successful professionally. Just a thought. Our focus today is on pilots and the perception that they have higher rates of infidelity. I am joined by my friend, who is a former Marine and a captain with a major U.S. airline. Welcome, Thank you for joining me in the studio today. I'm happy to be here. This is exciting. Thank you, thank you. So tell me, is it true that pilots crew around a whole lot? It's not as true as it used to be. If you look back, uh, like the movie Catch Me If You Can, the the golden age of aviation, it happened all the time. Nowadays, I would say it's probably, it's still prevalent, no doubt, but I don't think it's anywhere near as prevalent as it used to be 20, 30, 40 years ago, prior to 9-11. Uh, and it also depends which part of aviation are you in. Uh, I work for a major U.S. carrier, and my trips typically last two, three, four days. But when I was working for a cargo hauler flying around the world, I would be gone for 20, 30, 40 days, sometimes as much as 57 days. The level of infidelity that I personally witnessed on that particular line of work was far greater than what I'm seeing today. You were married for a very long time. 12 years, three days. 
12 years, three days, but who's counting? Who's counting? Okay. But you were very faithful to your wife. I was one of the weird ones. Yes. I actually had the job where I was flying around the world and, uh, landing uh, in the, in the far East, for instance. So uh, when I landed in Kuala Lumpur, uh, I was, I was assaulted by the Vietnamese hookers left and right. <laughs> it was, it's crazy. You go to the nightclub, you just want to go and have some drinks and have a good time. And they're literally lined up, uh, lined around the door trying to get at you. And, uh, you know, just like the scene from Full Metal Jacket, you know, me love you long time. I'm, <laughs> uh, I appreciate it, but, you know, I was happily married. They wanted a piece of the gringo. They wanted a piece of the gringo. I think they just wanted some money, but... Uh, you know, there were other people that I worked with that they had the family at home and they were showing me all their, you know, they, they'd spend the entire flight, eight hours, 10 hours, 15 hours, showing me pictures of their kids, their dogs, their wives, how much they love them, how amazing their life is. And then we land in Korea and they would disappear. And then the next morning they would roll in looking like they were hit by a bus and then a freight train. Doing the walk of shame. Doing the walk of shame. Doing the walk of shame. And uh, they never talk about it. And then... You know, they, on the way back home, how much they love their wife, how much they love their kids. But what goes on the road stays on the road, you know, so. Kind of like Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Tends to stay in Vegas. So basically, they're living these two alternate lives. They are, they're definitely alternate lives. And they're existing, coexisting they simultaneously. Do, uh, they, they, I don't know if coexist is uh, well, a word. Well, they're happening There's, at the same time. But that's why we get the high divorce rate. Mm-hmm. So. Now that I'm flying more domestic routes and not the international, you know, you still have the the stereotype of the wide body captain who has a family in Sao Paulo and another family in Miami. And tell our listeners who only speak English what wide body means. I mean, I understand, but a wide body is the large airplanes, the the big ones, people. The the triple sevens, the A three eighties, the A three thirties, the seven forty seven, which I used to fly in a previous life. Those are considered Y bodies. Narrow bodies are the 737s, the Airbus 320s, the regional jets. Actually, those are not even considered narrow bodies, but that's for another conversation. Are those captains more slutty? The regional captains, I had a lot of, I had a lot more uh, opportunity to be slutty when I was a regional pilot, but uh, for various factors. Uh, for one, they would tend to keep the uh, the crew together for a pairing. You know, for where I'm at right now, it's very unusual for the captain and the co-pilot, the first officer, to have the same back-end crew for the entire trip. Maybe a couple of legs, but even when we land somewhere, nine times out of ten, we're going to separate hotels. At the regional level, that didn't exist. But you're also dealing with 24-, 25-year-olds, whereas at, at the legacy level and the major carriers tend to be a little bit older. So, you know, the hormones are fl- uh, hormones are flaring and we had a lot more fun in the hot tubs than, oh. than we do now. So, All right, then. So tell me. Before I got married. Okay, so we talked hot tubs. We talked about wide body and narrow body and all that. Tell me about the Mile High Club. The Mile High Club does exist. Uh, I Well, I can't personally say one way or the other because I've never experienced it because uh have you seen the bathrooms up there these days? They're disgusting they're and they're disgusting. small. They're and it doesn't matter if you're in business class, they're still small and disgusting. They're small and disgusting. With uh, better soap, though. I, I do know that, uh, that on the intercontinental flights, the there have been stories of pilots and flight attendants, for instance, hooking up in the crew bunks. I was about to ask. Yeah, in the crew bunks, anything can go. So the wide-body airplanes, 
the intercontinental ones where you're flying for 10, 15, almost 20 hours, uh, those have crew rest quarters because you obviously can't be flying the entire time. So we would rotate. You would spend four or five hours in the seat, and then you'd go spend four or five hours in the bunk, depending on the, the flight, sometimes eight hours. Uh, and there are stories of my friends flying for the legacy carriers, United, Delta, American, and the international ones, especially the international ones like uh, the Emirates. I've got friends at Emirates, or they were at Emirates, now they're all flying here domestically and they're much happier. But the stories that they were telling me when they were flying international, out of Dubai to Delhi or Sydney, Australia, or wherever they're going, they had fun with the flight attendants. But it's Was it the hot Indian women? Oh, uh, it's the hot everything. Have you looked at a uh, Emirates flight crew? <laughs> Those are good-looking women. Oh, and that red lipstick, I like that they're, lipstick. They're fantastic mm-hmm. looking. I, uh, I totally agree. And they do provide a great level of service. Yes, they I'm do. I'm sure that extends into other areas as well. I'm sure it does. Sadly, uh, in my entire career, I have not had the opportunity to, uh, to experience that personally. So all my experience is secondhand. Well, it kept you out of trouble. It did keep me out of trouble. I was one of the weird ones who was faithful to his wife. Imagine that. So tell me, I was looking at statistics earlier in this podcast, and I mentioned that flight attendants have a high divorce rate. They have a 50.5% divorce rate, but pilots have a 30.5% divorce rate. I would have thought it would be about equal. You would think so, uh, but I think that it's, it's a level of maturity that uh, the flight attendants I hate to be st- the stereotype, uh, the stereotypical one here, but you know the, the flight attendants are typically less mature than a pilot. For instance, you could literally wake up one morning and say, "I want to be a flight attendant," and six weeks later, you're a flight attendant. It could be that quickly, and it happens all the time. To get to my level uh, as a pilot, it takes years and years and years, and plus a hundred thousand dollars. So, do you think it's there. that? The pilots have more at stake, especially the captains? More at stake, and just uh, they tend to be a more mature group overall. Now, we got some idiots over there. So they're cheating less, you think? I think they're cheating less, you know, and a lot of it has to do with how the industry has evolved over the last 20 years. You know, I would give my left arm to be an airline captain back in the 1960s. I mean, I would have had a blast, no doubt. But uh, I think the it's a combination of... The maturity level and the type of flying that we do, uh, we're home far more often. There's and and we don't have you know everybody. My my, the one pet peeve question I always get is, "What's your route?" I don't have a route. Wherever the company goes, that's where we go. But when you're flying a wide body at United, at Delta, at American Airlines, you don't have. You know, there's not a hundred different airports where you might go to every single month. It's typically the same two or three airports. You know, I've got a friend at United. He he flies out, and the majority of his flying is either over to Frankfurt, London, Hawaii, or down to South America. So like a sailor who has a girlfriend in every port he visits, uh, an airline captain or pilot could, in theory, have a girlfriend at every, you know, airport he visits. It, it could very well be. And one of the other, one of the other uh, factors is just the simple time, uh, the layover time. How much time do you have once you land? So when we... When I'm flying domestically, most of my layovers are between 11 to 18 hours, usually around 14, 15 hours. There's only so much you can do in that time because you land, you're already tired. 
flying it's it is mentally exhausting and it's physically exhausting because it's not it's not physically draining but you're you're subject to noise you're subject to vi- uh, vibrations you're subject to pressure changes and as you get older you know it, you get more susceptible to fatigue and so when you get back to the hotel a lot of times all you want to do is crack a beer and go to sleep so to have another family is impractical you know as, as you age it's more than you need more headache than you need it's a lot more headache than you need it's a lot more headache than you need which is why most guys just get hookers these days <laughs> hookers okay uh, vegas all is right. wonderful for one thing beer and hookers okay yep. all right so tell me women love a man in uniform yes they do did you have more luck with women chasing you as a Marine or now as an airline captain? I'm definitely having more luck as, a, as an airline captain. As a Marine, you, you don't stand. I mean, when I was back home wearing my blues, it was fun. I, I did enjoy that. But when you're in uniform with all the other Marines, you're just uh, another cog in the wheel. Nobody, or a cog in the machine, nobody cares. But when you walk through the terminal, and if you look sharp, you know, that, that has something to do with it too. There's a lot of pilots that walk around like slobs. You know, and, and I hate to say it, and I, I hate to see it. The guy's walking around with backpacks, for instance. That's just completely unprofessional. But if you've got a nice blazer, your shoes are polished, and you walk with purpose, people tend to notice that. So uh, I've definitely had a lot more interest once I put the uniform on than versus uh, not. And just out of curiosity, how are these women showing interest? A lot of times I'll just get a phone number slipped underneath the door. <laughs> flight attendant will say hey um 4d really likes you and uh here's her phone number you know 4d being a seat so Mm. so it's happened more than once imagine that usually though i uh but you know i'm every time i get on an airplane part of my briefing is uh keep an eye out for my future ex-wife so let me know if you see her Mm -hmm. and uh you know we have fun i like to make my flight attendants laugh and uh, that 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 certainly breaks the ice i'm sure so tell me some fun stories about women chasing you. You know, there's 4D, of course, who likes you, but well, what else? Well, there's 4D, and then there's the, you know, the occasional flight attendant. And uh, I have a, I've got a very almost strict policy. I don't think I've broken it yet. I came close a couple of times, but uh, I don't shit where I eat. Very good policy. Yeah, that's uh, not saying that I won't chase a flight attendant from another airline, but for the airline that I work for, there is nothing faster in this universe than the flight attendant rumor mill, rumor mill that uh, is in my company. I can hook up with a girl in New York, and before I even get to the airport, California knows about it. So I tend to stay away from that. There, There is a lot of drama that goes on over there. But uh, I honestly don't have, like I said, I was married for 12 years, and I had to bat them away, especially overseas. Kuala Lumpur was a nightmare. Just going out to get a beer was a nightmare. Uh, Hong Kong, every time I walked up into the hotel, you want the massage? You want a massage? And I just... No happy ending massages for you. No happy ending massages for me. Had I known that I was going to end up divorced anyway, I would have had a lot more fun. Chile. Uh Oh oh my God. I I regret... You live and learn. You live and learn. So I'm going back to Iquique. So let's talk about something a little less exciting. Talk to me about aviation-induced divorce syndrome. AIDS. It is a thing. It is very much a thing. And that could be for any number of reasons. A lot of times, uh, a lot of the guys I know, they get divorced uh, just because they're gone all the time. And uh, the wife gets uh, lonely, busy. Uh, it happened to me. You know, I came home and uh, suddenly uh, I was all no longer a husband. 
you know, happen almost overnight, but uh, it does happen for very, you know, for numerous reasons. Either the husband is cheating on, he finds some hot piece of ass somewhere and hooks up, or the wife does while the husband's gone. And it, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. It happens a lot. I thought I was immune from it. I thought my marriage was going to last forever. And next thing I know, I'm divorced. So... Now, I have a friend um, who is an airline captain. How do I have so many airline captain friends? It's really interesting. I have good taste. Okay. So he ended up divorcing his first wife because he came home early from a trip and did laundry, was putting away her underwear, and found uh, pictures of her with his best friend, who was also a pilot, in her drawer. She had become a flight attendant at this point. Yeah, that's uh, that's a kick in the gut. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And that happens. It happens. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I don't have a, um, I wish I had a magic pill to uh, figure out how to not make that happen. But, uh, you know, I've, I've got plenty of friends who managed a successful marriage in this industry. It's usually their second or third marriage by the time they finally figured it out. Maybe my third marriage, I'll finally figure it out, but I'm not holding out any hope. Wait, we'll you've see. only been married once. That I'm aware of. <laughs> I, I do have a 12-hour blackout that I, I can't account for anything. So there's another screw-up that you have to do, and then you'll have the long one. Probably. Okay. Probably. My goodness. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Well, let's not plan this one in my backyard. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a stripper named Tiffany. Okay, that sounds yeah, great. Or oh, Crystal? Uh, I don't like Crystal. Tiffany. Okay. Tiffany. It's okay. gonna be, have you seen the uh, the Crazy Hot Matrix? I have, Strippers actually. Strippers and it's girls hilarious. named Tiffany. That's it's what hilarious. I'm looking for. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. So... Changing gears, are airline threesomes really a thing? Sadly, not for me, but I know plenty who claim that it's, uh, it's happened for them. Um, and it's usually the young single guys living off of Las Olas in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, I flew with one kid. I wanted to throttle him by the time the flight was over because he just would not shut up about all of his opportunities. Now, you're calling somebody a kid. kid How meaning, old are we talking? Uh, we're talking uh, late 20s, early 30s. Okay, and you're not exactly 100 years old yourself. No, I'm 45. But, you know, the, the kids these days, you know how mm-hmm. it is. I'm, I'm soon going to be the angry Back old man. Back in the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm soon going to be the angry old man yelling at clouds. So, okay. you know, I've got that in my future. You do take good pictures of clouds. I do, I do. You do a good job with that. What phone do you use? Uh, the iPhone. Mm. I, I spent $2,000 on a beautiful uh, DSLR, Sony, megapixel, everything, and I've never used it. You know, I just, I, the, the best camera is the best camera is the one that's in your pocket. It's the easiest one to get to. It really is. And uh, the iPhone 13 Pro Max is amazing. It takes some really good pictures, which I post up on my Instagram and everything. So you can find them over there if you want. And what is your Instagram? My if people Instagram, want to see these beautiful pictures I mentioned. My Instagram, not just the beautiful pictures of the clouds, but also the stuff that I barbecue. I, I'm pretty good with a Weber grill, but uh, I'm at the how come I have never once eaten your barbecue food in all these years? Because I'm an idiot. I think you are an idiot. Yes. So I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll smoke you a brisket just for that. I'll have to bring the boys. You will have to bring the boys because it's a lot of brisket. And I wake up at four o'clock in the morning to do it properly. Really? Oh, yeah. That's commitment. Oh, it's, it's a, well, you know, you have to drink sometimes, so. Well, yeah. Well, I need a doggy back to go home with that one. Oh, yeah. We can, we can arrange that. So. Let me ask you a crazy question. Have you ever seen any UFOs? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Well, that's a boring reply. Oh, well, that's what we're trying to say. Uh, I do. 
on occasion, flying at night. Uh, it's not necessarily a UFO. I have seen one of the Google loons, which is a, a program that has been discontinued, but Google used to have these big-ass weather balloons, basically, for lack of a better, you know, you know, everyone knows what a weather balloon looks like. And they would pack these with uh, telecommunication equipment, basically Wi-Fi from the sky. And using the prevailing winds, they can kind of control these uh, balloons simply by raising them and lowering them to take advantage of the winds. The winds up a little bit higher might be going northerly direction, a little bit lower might be going in a southerly direction, maybe a westerly direction. So the idea was to provide internet and communications for disaster areas or places where the infrastructure wasn't there. Think like the Amazon rainforest. Uh, and you could actually track these online. After the hurricane went through Puerto Rico, there were half a dozen of them floating around Puerto Rico. It was mm. really, really cool. That's cool. So I was flying back from uh, the East Coast, uh, New York, somewhere LaGuardia, and going down to Fort Lauderdale, and I'm at 38,000 feet or so, and I see this big silver orb just floating above me, and I'm, I'm, it's moving towards me as if it's sitting still. So I called up uh, control. I called up ATC. I said, uh, I think I was talking to Washington Center. Uh, Wash, you, uh, do you see anything on your radar up there? And the girl was surprised, like, you actually saw that? Like, yeah, this looks like it was up at 60,000 feet. Nothing really flies up there except military. And, you know, I don't even think there's any corporate jets that make it up that high. 55,000. Most of the commercial airplanes that you'll see, the 737s, Airbus 320s, 747s, they're all uh, high 30s, low 40s. Most of them don't go up above 45,000 feet. This thing was way up there. So she told me, yeah, it's a Google loon. It's a new balloon thing that they're doing. I was surprised that you saw it. Well, I haven't seen one of those. They're let, cool. Let me ask you another question. Favorite trip ever? My favorite trip ever. Well, are we talking destination or are we talking about crew? Mm. Because I've got a couple of... If I, there's a fun story, I'm, I'm talking about crew. If there uh, isn't, well, then know, I'm talking destination. Yeah. Well, then it's going to have to be a destination because what happens on the road stays on the road. So I'm How sorry. terrible is uh, that? I, know, it's, uh, I should have given you a margarita or two before we got have. talking. I, I offered. Oh, I offered, my goodness. But uh, no, my favorite destinations were always South America. I loved flying South America, whether it's Buenos Aires or Sao Paulo or Santiago, Chile. Uh, I just love the, the food, the people, the atmosphere, the environment, the women. Uh, now that I'm single. But uh, before I was, I was married. But I still, I can well, still. Well, you never know. Now that the girls are going to know about your Instagram, you may get very popular all I over might. again. I might, especially if they see pictures of you in that outfit of yours. I might have to post some more selfies then. You might have to. I'm going to enjoy that. Well, Captain, thank Doctor. you for coming. It was lovely talking to you, and I'm sure that my listeners loved every minute of it. I certainly hope so. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you would like my top three secrets for amazing sex, send me an email at askme at drsexfairy.com and I will share them with you. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave me a five-star review. Until next time.